0: what's up y'all and welcome back to dad needs to talk i'm your host robert and today we are taking a look at a classic called "Less misery bliss now this is a story that is probably a definition of great stories can withstand the test of time because This story um, was originally written by Victor Hugo back in 1862, and it has had a bevy of adaptations across film, TV series, animated series, and of course this manga omnibus version that I am reading now, 161 years later. (laughs) And... I am honestly at a loss for words with how much I enjoy this. Um, Now, this was a. This version is published by Seven Seas. And like I said, it's an omnibus. So it's two volumes in one in this edition. And to kind of start off before before I continue my rambling, um, this starts off with a quote from Victor Hugo that says. So long as ignorance and misery remain on earth, books like this cannot be useless. So, this is a tale that I feel like, even just based off of this first omnibus, um, is something that is just very true and very relatable to anybody out there. Anybody that has lived a life um, because this story really highlights how close a lot of us are to reaching the highest of heights or the lowest of lows um because that's kind of where this story kicks off with one of our main characters um Jean, this gentleman on the front cover um he is basically kind of helping to raise his um i believe it's his sister-in-law if i'm remembering correctly um because i believe his brother died and so he's helping the sister-in-law raise the kids i think she had like seven kids and so you know he's he's working um he basically his his main job is he's a pruner of trees so you know kind of cutting out trees and making money that way but of course as the seasons change you know it becomes winter and stuff then you know right the trees are withering so so that job isn't needed as much whatever but you got a family they need to eat and so he kind of ends up in a unfortunate situation that I definitely feel because as a parent myself and a family man, even being an uncle and stuff, years before I was a dad. Um, I have been in situations myself to where you know it's been a little bit of a rough patch financially or just whatever, and it's like, man, what can I do to try to earn some extra money or to try to maybe sell something I have you know here at the house or whatever to make a few bucks to you know. Get us something to eat or to get, you know, something that my kids might need for school or just whatever the case might be. And so that part was just so relatable that it hooked me. And throughout this book, this very meaty book, um, this was a theme that continued to show up. Like I said, both sides from people reaching the highest of highs, people... Reaching the lowest of lows and kind of seeing both the the horrific and the beautiful side of humanity. And what I mean by that is that sometimes, you know, we don't know what situations people are going through and then you just talking down on a person or not even giving them a chance to try to explain what happened or what the situation is. Can just push a person further down, but sometimes there are people in the world that will lend a helping hand, not for any malicious intent or any ulterior motives, just because of the kindness of their heart, and that is something that was beautiful to see throughout me reading this. And so I'm gonna kind of go through just a few highlights of um, some key moments that kind of happened throughout this story, because it spans several years. Um, which, which I kind of like a story like that that kind of uh, follows follows some characters over the course of some years. So the first event that kind of happens that kind of uh, sets Jean on his spiral of, of, of a downfall was, like I said, um, the seasons changed. It got cold. His family was starving. And so he's going to tell her, hey, begging for money, for anything, whatever, to help Nobody would give him the time of day, and so he's passing by this baker's shop, and he sees some bread in the window. He's like, man, that loaf of bread would last us, you know, at least will help us get by with it for a while. And so he did what he felt he needed to do. He tried to steal the bread, but immediately got caught and then got sentenced to five years in prison for stealing bread. And so, of course, he's trying to plead with the police and with the judges, like, hey, you know, my my family, there's kids, you know, da-da-da-da, and they're like, hey, we don't care. You broke the law, you stole from an honest man, this baker, you know, five years of labor. And, of course, during these years of him being in prison or whatever, you know, he's doing pretty good, but then... He gets word of something happening with one of the kids or that or that somebody saw the sister in law with one of the kids and then he's like, Yo, but there's like seven kids. And the guy's like, I only saw one. I don't know. All I know is I only saw her with one kid. And so of course that makes him start to panic and then he tries to break out. And he tries to break out multiple times. So now him stealing this priest of bird to feed his family. Went from five-year prison sentence to him doing 19 years altogether. Because, of course, when he got caught again, all the times he tried to escape, they added more years to his sentence. And then 19 years later, he comes out. He's like, hey, do you know what happened with the family or whatever? And all he, what he hears, of course, we don't have any firm confirmation of this, but people are just saying, like, man, 19 years. Do you know how long that has been? That is enough time for... For a, uh, for a single woman, for a single mother, and her uh, seven children to disappear into the darkness, into the void, basically. And so he gets handed a sack of money for his time that he did in prison and just sent out into the world with some papers that say that he's a convicted felon. So that anytime he goes to a new town, you know, as you're entering the town, they're like, hey, where's your papers or whatever. And when they see this, I think it's I think it says a yellow paper. He's immediately known to be a convict, and then of course that just continues the the uh, downward spiral and just the tough time that he has. Now, transitioning from there, we end up meeting this bishop of a town, who is the true definition of selfless. His is high ranking a uh, religious figure but unlike a lot of the other priests and bishops and stuff whatever he does not live an extravagant life he lives like he lives very small very uh moderate in a nice little house with his sister and i think they have like like a maid or helper or whatever and he gives away all his wealth to the to the uh to the to the town to the people all that that he's a man of the people And so, Jean eventually ends up wandering his way to this man and uh, ends up finding shelter there. He ends up getting fed and everything, but Jean ends up stealing from the man just because he, he is so paranoid from the 19 years of hardship that he dealt with. He can't believe that somebody would help him just out of pure kindness, and so... He ends up stealing from the man or whatever, gets captured, brought back to the to the bishop. But and and keep in mind, Jean didn't know that this guy was a bishop during this time or whatever. Cause like I said, the guy lived a very simple life. He wasn't dressed in extravagant clothes or whatever. And so when it was revealed like that, this guy was a bishop or whatever, the guy forgave Jean and just told the police like, oh no, no, I I gave him this uh silver uh because uh, it was some literal silver Silverware, dishes, and stuff, whatever that he stole, and so this bishop man was like, "No, take it or whatever," and gave him even like his prize, like these like a uh, really uh beautiful like candlesticks or candlestick holders or whatever. And so, yeah, and then um, the bishop basically just tells Jean that like, "Hey, the only thing I ask for from you is that you live an honest life." Um, and that is kind of what John sets out to try to do. And so transitioning from John's story, um, we get a little bit of a introduction to our next character, which is a uh, Fantine with this, uh, beautiful image of her in the rain as a young lady. Cause she was kind of stranded alone, didn't know anything, didn't know her name. And this stranger that passed by just was, I like, was like, Okay, your name is going to be uh, Fantine. And so, this was another case of, you know, we had, had had this young lady. She should grow up to be a beautiful young lady. Was living the high life uh, uh, with these nobles and stuff. And ended up kind of falling in love and was promised the world by things from, from this guy and she ended up having his child and all this stuff. And <laughs> probably one of like the dirtiest things I have seen in a while is so so it's 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 all these young women and stuff with these guys, these older men, they you know have shown them the world for the last couple of years and stuff, whatever. And then they wine and dine them, and then literally in the middle of the night. like hey we have a big surprise for y'all whatever and they're all drunk and having a good time and they're like hey just stay stay here at this place and wait for your surprise hours pass by deep into the middle of the night and then the waiter brings them a letter and it's addressed from the guys it's like hey basically saying hey it's been fun but we're all from noble families and our, and our parents are expecting us to return home and you know, we can't have, they, they can't know about, we have all these women and stuff everywhere. So goodbye to y'all. Hey, we paid for dinner, but you'll never see us again because by the time you're seeing this letter, we're all going to be miles away from here. So goodbye. And so that kind of, Begins Fantine's journey through her hardship because now she is this single mother in this world where you know she no longer has that support with this child, and so she so she ends up uh, leaving the town, trying to head her trying to head back home, but she also knows that the struggle of being a single mom. With a child is like not, not many places are going to hire you, and your options for work are going, are going to be limited. And so something kind of scary happens in here in this moment. It's like she is just passing by and she sees this two these two young girls about the same age as her daughter, um, just playing and having a good time. And she ends up meeting their mom, and so they're talking and stuff, whatever. And so Fantine. So, the lady kind of makes like an offhand comment about like... Because the girl, all three girls start playing together whatever. And the lady makes a comment like, man. They're already... Hey, they're already getting along like their sisters. And so, Fantine comes up with the idea. She's like, hey. Can I leave my daughter with y'all while I go away and work? I can send money for her to help her or whatever until I can kind of get on my feet. And then once i saved up some money, I'll come back for my daughter. And so... The husband of this of this lady is like, okay, does she have clothes? Your daughter's wearing some fancy clothes. Is all her clothes like that fancy? I was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I don't care so much about you know how I look or whatever, but hey, I want my daughter to have basically you know be nice, dress nice, and all this stuff, whatever. And so the guy is like, okay, well, hey, here's the deal: we'll raise her, but make sure you give her give us you know a few sets of clothes, and this is how much you'll have to send each month for for supposedly for food and stuff, whatever. But it all ends up being a uh a ploy, a racket. Um, because of course Fantine's like, okay, cool, I'll agree to that or whatever. Thank you so much. And she leaves her daughter in the middle of the night with these complete strangers that she just happened to meet in passing on her journey. And that is like so scary to think about, especially like, you know, like back in these times before we have all the all the wonders of technology and communication that we have nowadays. It is like, you know, I could leave my kids at you know, <laughs> at, at my in laws' houses or whatever, but I know okay, hey, if I need to check over my kids, I can text them, I can call them, heck, I can even you know video call them to actually see them and stuff, whatever. And it's like, no, back in this time, it's like you leave your kids somewhere and it's like, yeah, you might be getting letters in the mail or whatever. Like, oh yeah. 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 Rob, your son, Vash, she's doing fine, doing awesome. And then it's like, boy, them being kidnapped or, you know, is sickly or whatever, but that's pretty much what happens. So she ends up moving to this town or going back to her, her hometown or whatever, and is working and stuff. Um, but where the downward spiral begins is that this the family is steadily asking for more money because of oh, you know, this happened or that happened or whatever. Um, oh, your daughter got sick and stuff, whatever. And so, back to the horrors and the downside of people in this and t- in, in the world is that somebody found out, um, being nosy as people are, that she has a daughter that nobody knows about or whatever because hey it's none of y'all's big business but she had a daughter people at her job found out they reported it to the higher up she ended up getting fired from her job because she was being uh um, dishonest and stuff and thus she you know is now kind of now she doesn't have now she's not able to work like she was to make the money to support her daughter and to save up and stuff whatever and so she ends up basically living on the streets and just you know more or less turning to prostitution and stuff like that to just try to like she like cut off her hair to sell to this wig shop whatever she like sold some of her teeth everything she could for what she thought was going towards helping her daughter meanwhile these people are just the family that took her daughter in or whatever treating her like the ugly stepchild and you know, like Cinderella or whatever. Um, and so all this stuff is kind of started to slowly tie back in because we find out that also in this town, and this is a little bit before some of the stuff I mentioned with Fantine or whatever, but our boy John is by, by the end of this volume, he is a mayor of this town. But, but before then he became a very wealthy businessman because he ended up just passing by, there was a burning building, two kids stuck, everybody's freaking out. Jean went into the flames, pulled these kids out, was like, hey, here's your kids or whatever. And so the person whose kids he saved or whatever was like, I think it was like a high ranking person, somebody somebody important in town. And then but when John went into the fire, his like papers from the prison or whatever his identity papers, whatever, sort of got burnt up in the flames because when the guy was like, "Hey, who are you, or whatever? Where's your papers, or whatever? Let me see them so I can you know, properly thank you, whatever." And then he pulls out the papers and they just turn to ash. And John's like, "Uh," and the guy's like, "Hey, I don't care who you are. You know, thank you for saving my children or whatever." And so basically, John is ended up using some of the money from the prison, or whatever, to start a small business. And the business ended up booming and becoming a, a uh, economic stable for this town because of all the business and stuff it brought in. But he also liked the bishop that helped him all, the, all all that time back. He also lived a very simple and modest life. He gave away majority of his wealth to help build hospitals, build schools for children with which, Building schools for small, for younger children was unheard of in this time, um, and stuff, whatever. And so, yeah. And so eventually, you know, the people of the town eventually talked to him into taking the role of mayor because they're like, Hey, think of, you know, think of all the good you're already doing. Think about what, if you could actually become the mayor of, you know, how much more good you'll be able to do and stuff, whatever. And so, Yeah. And so that's kind of how like some of the crossing paths are starting to intertwine with some of this stuff is Jean taking the the disciplines and the morals and just the kindness that he learned from the bishop that, that opened his door for him when nobody else in the world would. And so he is trying to do the same. But meanwhile, you know, lurking in the background of, of this story is also a police officer that he dealt with back when he was in the prison is now working in the town that he's now the mayor of. And then you also had this guy who was also working to try to bring down John because of course people being nosy wanted to know too much or whatever. And this guy literally trying to sabotage John and everything. Cause they're like, man, this guy just blew into town one day. And all of a sudden you know, started a business and it blew up, and now he's the mayor and stuff, whatever. Meanwhile, I try to I try to start a business and it failed, and now I'm living on the streets and I'm barely making by. People won't even look at me or whatever. And then this guy ended up in a situation where he ended up getting trapped under his carts or whatever, and all these people in town couldn't lift it up or whatever. And so, the police officer guy ended up being there. And he's kind of on to, because he's been kind of like following John for a while or whatever. And so long story short, John ended up saving this guy and then put him up in the hospital that he helped build and fund and then ended up offering the guy a job or he left a message like, hey, the mayor said, you know, once you are healed or whatever, he has a job waiting for you, yada, yada, yada. And that made this guy feel horrible because he's like, man. I spent all this time trying to tear down this person. Meanwhile, this guy was selfless and, you know, showing kindness and stuff to me. But, uh, but yeah, but all in all, you know, like I said, this has been a, such a fantastic and such a special read. And like I said, it is just so awesome just showing both, you know, the, the darkness and the potential light that that exists in all of us um, within humanity and stuff, and the art of this manga is just so fantastic. Like you can just see so much of the emotion of these characters and stuff, just packed so deeply into the into these uh, into these uh, images and stuff. Because even Fantine and her uh, daughter, uh, Cosette, and stuff. For you, just see just like so much, so much care and attention that. uh, And I forgot to mention uh, the story and art of this adaptation is done by Takahiro Arai. You can see just so much care and attention that this uh, manga author did or had in this um adaptation of this uh, this legendary story um and another thing i forgot to mention earlier too whatever is that and of course you know just learning through the history of all the stuff whatever uh the victor hugo the victor hugo person that did the story or whatever one of his other most well-known works is the hunchback of notre dame which he wrote 30 years before he wrote this (laughs) so that and that's kind of crazy because we know how many adaptations that that has had over the years including the the disney uh, movie animated movie that we all probably saw back in the nineties or whatever. I know I did growing up, but um, but yeah, Les Misérables. Um, like I said, it is just such a fantastic read. Um, the next volume is right around the corner, so I would definitely be picking that up. Um, but I highly encourage anybody that might have maybe heard of this story or whatever, but maybe haven't read the novel of it. If you're into manga like I am and into great powerful stories then I think this might be one that y'all might want to put on your radar and to add to your collection because I will definitely be having this sit next to um, I'm probably going to clear out some of the stuff on this top shelf because I'm probably going to put this right next to uh, my 20th Century Boys in Venice Saga up here on top but, um, but yeah fantastic read highly recommended and, uh, and just know that Try to be kind to each other out there in the world. Um, Because like I said, we all do not know what the person next to us is going through. Um, And just because somebody is happy and smiling might not mean that they have the best life in the world. Or hey, just because somebody is looking like, you know, might not be well-dressed or whatever. They might be the wealthiest and happiest person in the world. But we just don't know. So just try to be kind to each other out there. Um, cause me reading this was just like I say, it just kind of reminded me of some of some life situations that I've gone through, even just recently we with some stuff, but um, and just some kindness and stuff that some people have shown towards me to kind of help me um, get out of my hole that I was in to kind of help me and my family move on to the next step or whatever and so it's like that's what i try to do my best to try to pay that kindness forward where i can and i hope that those of y'all out there listening or watching um will do the same as well you know like i said even even just the small stuff you know um you know hey somebody needs a couple of bucks hey if you got it give it to them whatever um somebody needs help with something somebody needs advice uh do do your best, you know, to try to um, help one another one another. Um, even if it's just listening, cause sometimes that might be all a person needs. Somebody they might not need money or food or whatever. Sometimes they might just need an ear, just somebody to just take the time to listen to them and stuff. So, um, cause that might be the thing that kind of helps to bring that person out of the darkness or out of the rough spot that they are in, or to kind of just help them vent. Because sometimes all a all person might need is just to vent, to get whatever burdens are on their mind, heart, or shoulders, is to just talk with somebody. And uh yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to ramble, but this was just uh, just uh, such a such an awesome read. Like I said, I cannot wait to get to read more of this story and to see where more things go with these characters. Um, and just know, I did not tell every little detail of the story. Just some of the, some of the kind of high-level highlights and stuff. But, um, but it's still something I still recommend you read and check out for yourself. But with that being said, I'm going to wrap this up. As always, thank you so much for watching and or listening. Um, you can find me everywhere at Danny's Talk. And make sure you're subscribed to the video version of, the, of everything I do on YouTube. Or following the audio version on all podcast services. And as I always say, treat yourself to something nice. Read some manga. Watch some anime and TV. Play some video games. And live your best life. And with that, I'm out. Y'all have an awesome day. Peace.